What's going on, you beautiful human? You're listening to the Spiritual Show podcast from thespiritualroom.co. This podcast is a space where we blend ancient wisdom with new age teachings around spirituality, awakening, quantum physics, astrology, and more. Join us for weekly episodes where we dive deep into this truth and expand our consciousness as a collective. What is going on, you beautiful human? We are in part two of our conscious parenting series with Veronica Lilo Royth. And I cannot wait for you to hear this part of the podcast. This part of the podcast is where we go a little bit more in depth. We start to talk a little bit more about the energetics. And I just know that you're going to find this part of the conversation the most expansive. So I'm not going to keep talking. Wait, I am going to keep talking. I'm going to remind you that we are hosting a free masterclass on conscious parenting with Veronica on Wednesday, March 15th. And we'd love to see you there. So if you want to know more about this conversation or you're like, yes, I'm into this, click that link, grab your spot, and we will see you in there. But without further ado, let's continue on in our conversation with Veronica on conscious parenting. Oh, this is good. You know, this is why people listen to podcasts, right? They come out there, you know, they're here to try to get some nuggets and some wisdom and there's lots of great stuff in here. But where this conversation is really going is basically where we wanted it to go, which is into this expansion of conscious parenting and really what that looks like. And I think you've done a really great job of explaining, you know, what it can look like to be a conscious parent from a place of awareness and where are you projecting yourself and where are you making it be about you but i'd love to shift into this space of you've also been talking about this underlying thing that when we project onto our kids that is something that they absorb and one of the other things you just talked about was um like the growth of the child and really when we talk about conscious parenting it's about you creating the best energetic structure for them to evolve in for them to live within. And we can't have beautiful energetic structures like chakra systems and auric fields for our young children. If we're constantly projecting our negative low vibe limitations and things onto our kids. So what we're talking about here is this level of awareness of, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm projecting this onto my kid and I'm making it be about them. And you just gave a really good exercise to say, you know, what do you want it to look like, which will give you awareness on probably where you're not, where there's room for improvement as a parent. But how does a parent really look at that? Because I know that the idea is like, we'll go to counseling, go do this. And we've also said the thing is to turn inwards. So how does a parent now go from being super aware to like, oh, I'm projecting onto the kid to now recognizing, oh, I've really projected this behavior onto my kid and they are living within it. How do they navigate that now? Because now you're going to want to blame yourself now that you can see it. Today, when I was um, picking up um, Charlotte from kindergarten, it was raining. And when we walked out, there was a um, parent walking out also with a little, little little child. It was a younger child, maybe like four or something. It doesn't matter. And then the parent was saying to the little girl, oh, this rain is so disgusting, you know? And I looked at it, not just, but it just caught my attention, right? And that's exactly what I mean. It's like, okay, it's this. So you're programming your child for finding a rain disgusting, right? And it's about to be aware of that when you say something, right? Just let us start with the talk, right? With your language, with the things that you say and become more yeah. conscious with that. I would just start with that, right? That's, that's the easiest part that you can, you can do, right? Um, 
it's about to become conscious and aware of the the judgments, like the duality that you have, like like in this, like the rain is disgusting and the sunny weather is fantastic, right? The getting an A is super good and getting a C is bad, right? Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> mm. It's a real duality, sad, though. You know, yep. yeah, but it's it's real, right? Being sad is bad, right? Is uh, so you need to be you need to be happy all the time because being sad is something bad. So we just put it under the rug, right? Or what else? What else is there? Like being loud and bringing in uh, strong emotions is not adequate, right? Like uh, that's that's not a way of behaving. You shouldn't do that. And just you need to be polite all the time. Um, it's about because your language is always going to reflect the belief system that you live in. And it will reflect always the duality that you live in, right? And that duality is exactly the space in between your child has space or is trying to, you know, like to fix in, into the space that you're giving your child between that duality, right? So the first step is to really become aware of that. It's about to become aware of the the, the judgment. This this actually it's a limitation. It's about your like and dislike, your very strong emotions where you think that this is right and this is wrong. You know, it's about becoming aware of that. I'm not saying that you should release all of that, but at least become aware of that. That's the step number one. And then the second step would be, and how is that? restriction that this is good and this is bad how is it affecting your child your child how is it affecting your child in terms of how much of he or she um can he really live and show right how much space are you giving to that child um that would be one one aspect and oftentimes and it's very human to act like that because and I I deeply resonate with that because I'm 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 a mom and I'm there too. It's like we feel this huge responsibility, you know? And the more responsible we feel for another person, and I think that for me, that's the biggest responsibility that I ever had in my life. It's like being a mom, it's not comparable to nothing else. It's like you are really, really responsible for another human being, right? So that increases the pressure on us out of a space of love, you know, responsibility, love to do it right. <laughs> and just alone, this, I wanted to make it right, creates a lot of this is right, this is wrong, a lot of rightness, you know, like, okay, righteousness. I don't know yeah. if I spelled it correctly, but, um, and, and, and that increases that and, and we mean it good, but it's not meaning it good. Does it mean always that it's well done, you know? Um, and for that, and in order to become aware of those restrictions like this, in, this very strong right and wrong, appropriate, not appropriate, right? And the things that you're speaking and in what way are you expressing those and showing that to your child, um, is to be aware that, yes, we are responsible for our children, but they are not our own. 
I think that that's very important to know. They're not our own. It's not my child. It's someone that I've provided with a body. And I know that that might be difficult for some to take, but that's the way that I see and that's how it feels true to me. I've been the body provider to that person that is living with me, but I'm, I haven't created that person. I've just provided that person with a body. And it's a privilege that that being has chosen me to come to life through me because that's how it is. I didn't create that being. That being was there before. I just provided a body, right? So seeing it from that perspective that the responsibility is not that I'm the one to blame. I'm not the one to blame. I'm the one who needs to nurture and to cultivate the ability to respond to what is needed towards my child in the moment. And I think that if you look at it from that perspective, then it will help you much more to become aware and to let loose of that incredible weight of responsibility and having to make it right. Because that's what makes us be super control freaks. You know, it's like the need of having to make it right and feeling this super responsible. And I have to make it like my child looks like this and does that and study this and marries whoever, you know, like, I mean, there is like, you can exaggerate it, but you know, like there is a lot of expectations, right? Towards that. And if you really let loose and see and open a different view of responsibility, then it's going to help you to let go a little bit of that pressure of having to make it right. It's like you, you, you're here to guide someone. You're not here to form someone or to tell someone who he or she should be. That's not our job as parents, is to guide them. And the best way to guide them through life is by setting an example, right? That's it. Do the inner yeah. work first Be a, and become aware of your own limitations and how you're expressing them. Verbally is the very easy. That's why I mentioned that. Look into that. Like, what are you saying? What are you, what are these, you know, like dichotomies that you're living in? Um, but there are other ways of expressing them, you know, and, but just stick to the language in a first step that will help a lot at the beginning. Yeah, that was a really good recommendation. I'm a huge advocate for dialogue and what we speak is everything is energy. And yeah, that is an energy. Uh, I'm one of the things that you just did right there was you, you actually gave the duality of parenting in the sense that we come from a society where we believe, you know, we're responsible for our kids. Like you just said, we're responsible for our kids. Therefore, our parents felt responsible for us and our grandparents and so on and so on. And so we're, we're in a society where there's this idea that we're responsible for our kids and they have to be a certain way and go into the box of what society says. But the other thing that you talked about is that the surrender of just like, no, that's, there's a higher perspective that you could step into, which is that you're here to make sure that they get the best evolution possible for them to let them become their best self. And that is the duality of the parenting. Because if you look at it from that perspective, if you're holding on to any resentment towards your parents, how can you that now? recognizing they were just here to help you in their own evolution. And they were just trying their best with what they had. There's a massive piece of like forgiveness, I think to that, which like is this conversation, because I think a lot of parents, once they become aware, it's judgment onto their parents of like, yeah, I got that from my parents. I got that from them. But what we're talking about here is you need to surrender that as well. There's, there should be no blame. And it's about coming from this place of fostering an evolution for what's in front of you 
but prioritizing yourself as the parent that loves themselves enough to forgive the past, to, to look at the, their internal, what they're projecting onto their kids. What is coming up for you around that kind of dualistic conversation in parenting? Totally. I absolutely agree with that. It's about forgetting. It's about self-love. So there are really important aspects to that. Um, And I would like to um, come back to the term of responsibility because we are responsible. It's not that I'm saying that we're not responsible, but it's about expanding the term responsibility as not there is someone to blame because that's the way that we're living it right now in, in our 3Ds. Ego, kind yeah. of being, which is we have equal responsibility to ah, that's someone to blame. So if he or she is responsible, then that's the one to blame, right? But that's exactly what it's not meant. Like being responsible, and we are responsible totally for us, for our life experience, for you know, like we are responsible definitely for our life experience to hundred percent, right? <laughs> and that's difficult for many to take. Right. Because, okay, how are you responsible if something bad happens to you? How are you responsible if you get sick? How are you responsible if you get involved into a car accident? Well, there is a responsibility. You have the responsibility, your ability to respond to the situation. So you're always responsible to that. Right. Um, And coming back to the, um, okay, so I got that from my parents. No, yeah. Uh, you might have had that experience. You might have had in that story that your parents behaved in a certain way with you. But as a grown-up, you have the choice, the conscious choice, if you want to carry that with you or not. So saying that's because of my parents or I blame my parents because this is the way that I am right now or this is the trauma that I have with me right now and I blame someone that's not taking ownership. That's not being the responsible conscious creator that you are. So you should be aware that as a parent, that's key. If, and actually, that's what we need. We need more people and we need to raise our children and give our children the expansion possible so that they can become the conscious creators and be responsible and know that they're actually responsible for their own life experience, right? So it takes to own your experiences, your stories, your behaviors, and to become aware of that, those. And in order to become aware of those, you need to accept them. You know, you need to accept them. This is the status quo. This is a snapshot that I make right now with my Polaroid, right? This is how it looks like, right? Knowing that this is how it looks like now, but I can change it in the next moment. And I can change it in the next moment, in the next moment, in the next moment. But right now, it, always in the now, in the now, in the now, this is how it is, right? And that acceptance is the basis for us to um, to be responsible in terms of having the ability to respond to whatever shows up for us in our life experience or to the responsibility or yeah, the ability to respond to our children, in the moment, right? Not from something that we just carry that is deep in the subconscious, you know, like um, um, from, from a victimhood space, right? But um, accepting that we have shortcomings, that we're not perfect. Because when we do it from that way, it opens up, and I'm now moving a little bit into something different, but just making a... Um, 
making an example, like, um, for example, um, coming back to the um, to the example that I was bullied and my daughter is not, thankfully, right? Um, I being aware of that, that that's an emotional package that I carried with me, right? I could, and owning it, the moment that I accepted it, I could have a conversation with my daughter telling her, oh, you know, I'm reacting this way right now because this is reminding me of my experience when I was a child. But I'm aware that that's not your experience, right? So I want you to understand this is why I've, I'm reacting this way right now, but it has nothing to do with you. Okay. And that makes a total difference in the way that we totally. communicate with our children in the reflection. You know, it's not like they don't, we're not projecting it. We're owning it. I'm, you know, and I, I own it until I could release it, you know, and now it's just, it's good. It's okay. But, um, and I think that that's the way it's, um, let me see if I can, I can find a, a simple way to summarize that. It's definitely about, owning your story, accepting it, because from that acceptance is the only space where you can change it, right? And from that acceptance, you create a certain degree of peace and calm and stop the chatter in your mind. So that's actually a very important step um, towards to like, okay, being aware of your judgments, like the dichotomies, you know, the dualities that you're living in, and being aware of the stories that you're carrying, like the backpack that you have, right? And owning it, accepting it, knowing that you can change it because you don't need to carry something that you don't want to carry in your backpack. No one told you that the backpack that you have, you need to carry. You can put it beside you and just leave it on the floor. The truth is the backpack is going to follow you, right? Wherever you go, but you need to carry it. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to carry it. No one told you that you have to carry it. You can consciously drop it, right? You can consciously drop it. But in order to drop it, you need to be aware that you're carrying it first, right? Yeah. I had a great visual visual, visual there where you're like going through life and this backpack is just always there, but you're just like, but you're there and you're not here. You know, it was like such a moment of like, yeah, but whatever, you're there. And that's where I want you. I love that this conversation is really grounded and we were able to bring it back in the conscious understanding of what this is. I like what you said there about um, uh, the responsibility and how, you know, it's not, it, it's, it's about becoming conscious to the responsibility. And that's really what this conversation is about is about conscious parenting being, you know, consciously awake to how your kid is, is interacting and how you're interacting with your kid and what that looks like and what kind of projections that uh, that can have for the kid. What do you think is the number one thing that would stop a parent from looking at this, from stepping into the state of awareness to stepping into the role of, I want to be more of a conscious parent. I want to consciously do this. What would stop them from doing that? Fear. (laughs) Fear, definitely fear. And I think fear of looking back and seeing a, things that weren't that great that we unconsciously did to our kids or with our kids or behaved in ways like I think that's uh, like the the sense of guilt, guilt, you know, like fear of seeing things that we weren't acting at our best. I think that that probably is one of the the biggest ones. And then there is this 
fear of letting go, of letting go of control and that maybe something could happen to your kid or that your kid just would choose a way that it's not not good or not beneficial for your child and maybe feeling guilty that you should have done something different or something like that, maybe something like this. Um, but it's definitely around yeah. fear and um, fear of being judged um, too, right? Fear yeah. of, okay, if I change my parenting style and I do something different, like what are others going to, to, to say? You know, it's like, um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's like things like that, you know, like when you change the way that you act and then you have like your friends and your family around you that are just like archaic or just still doing the things like more unconscious or the way that they did and are very righteous and thinking this is right, this is wrong, you shouldn't do that because everyone is very great at giving advices to parents on how to deal with their children. You know, this is something that everyone is just giving always advices on how we could do everything better. Um, and at the end, um, yeah, I think that um, navigating ourselves free of what others would say about the education system or that they're worried that we're not choosing the right education for our children or that, oh, how could be that your daughter is old and she's sleeping with you in your bed and stuff like that, you know, like this kind of, of things. That's a fear, like to okay, what what is going to happen afterwards? Another fear could be also like, okay, if I evolve myself and my partner is not on that journey, how can I synchronize with my partner? Right? That's a very real fear too. Um, and yeah, that that, that requires awareness and that yeah. requires consciousness and that requires an increased ability of communication that you can train. So it's not that it's impossible. You know, you not every parent need to be at the same level. In fact, having parents that are at different levels with different styles is also a gift for the child. I mean, as long as they're not abusive and all this kind of stuff, you know, but it's um, positive for the child because they see a, a bigger range of what they can find uh, on earth while, while they're here in this journey, you know, and it's like that, that helps them evolve, you know, and, and yeah, and yeah, and actually expand too right yeah. yeah that's what comes um, to my mind but definitely it's, everything is fear driven and whatever the fear behind that is could be um manifold right yeah um well as we've kind of come to the time here on this podcast today w- one of the things i want to just explore last with you is we so often overthink everything, you know, that's that ego aspect of us. And I know what you're talking about right now around the sphere for parents is very real. Mm-hmm. Maybe speak to, cause I know you've been doing some work for yourself as an active conscious parenting and with your, some of your clients, what is the reality of what it looks like when you take ownership of yourself and you can see the powerful impact that had on your kid? Like, what is that actually like? Cause I don't think enough people think about it. They think about the judgment and the fear and what are people going to think? But all of a sudden you prioritize yourself, Veronica, you become better, more self-aware as a woman and as a mom and as a human, you're now parenting different and your kids are operating different. What is that feeling like for you? Because you're like, I did that. I prioritized myself and look at what's happening in terms of being a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm seeing it very clearly with my older daughter right now. I see it also with the little one. She's six, so it's a different kind of um, constellation still. But with my older one, I see that, for example, she, whatever there is going on, she is talking with me about that. So I am, we had, we have conversations um, very often. That's my number one priority to navigate her and to help her to guide her right now in this kind of challenging time, because there is so much going on um, around mental health issues, like everywhere. It's kind of, it's really a pandemic. It's incredible what is going on, right? So I am very much focused on guiding her through that, through that uh, time, through that development, through that phase. So the kind of conversations that I have with my daughters are totally different because it's not about me, it's about them. And I had, there was one event where we had this conversation and she, I don't remember exactly what the content of the conversation was, but we, we had a conversation on, I think in, on the car and then I mirrored something back to her, right? And then she got like snapped, like, man. and then she didn't want to talk, like, you know, like that. And, but I was honest. I just mirrored back what I saw in that moment, not making it about myself. I just mirrored it back. And one or two days afterwards, we were sitting on the couch and like, you know, like completely on the fly, like we weren't talking about anything. And then she told me, mom, I want to tell you that I am, that I, I got like that because you saw me and sometimes I don't want you to see me like that much, you know, like it's, but yeah. I want you to know that I'm grateful because I've never felt so seen as I did at that point in time. And like, you, you notice that I'm getting emotional because I'm so much greater. When? You know? like, yeah. I think that she was 12 or something like that when we had this conversation. And we are having this kind of conversation often, right? It's not it's not like this. This was like a special thing or like the first one that was like kind of boom. Um, but having the capacity and the ability to have these conversations with her, right? And knowing that whatever happens, she will tell me, I trust her. I trust her. I trust her fully. And she knows that, you know, she knows that there is this big trust and that the trust is mutual. So she trusts me. And when there is something, she knows that she always can come to me and <laughs> that sometimes I might like not react the best way at the beginning because we clarified that too. Uh, she knows why it could happen, right? Uh, but she knows that in, immediately after that, I'm going to be there, you know, like it's, so we know like we have like a manual of how to deal with each other, which is very clear, you know, and it's huge because I have navigated her through very challenging things um, during the last couple of years. And the way that she's becoming, like when I see herself and the capacity that she has of reflecting herself and just really knowing this is me, this is the way that I feel, I can do this well, this, I cannot do that well, I like this and I don't like that much, but I know that I should look into that direction a little bit more, is huge. There are adults 
that are not capable to do that in adulthood. And she's already being able to do that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that this is my contribution only. You know, it's not, I, I don't want to own that because she's a fabulous human being, you know. Um, but what it shows me is that I created a space where she can bring that in, where she can evolve into that, where she can be, you know. And, and I know that that space was able to be created because I did the inner work. I'm doing the inner work since many years. I think since actually since she was born 14 years ago, I really started to dive deep into that because I knew it's not about me. It's about someone else. Um, so yeah, it's priceless. It's priceless. It's priceless to um, hear her say like, you know, like oftentimes with that age, they kind of embarrassed when you're making jokes or just dancing or something like that. And I oftentimes do that, you know, like just to start dancing in the street or something like that. But she's <laughs> laughing. She's not even getting embarrassed. And, and then she's joking like, I know, mom, that you're always trying to make me embarrassed, but I'm not embarrassed at all. <laughs> you know, like these kind of things. So it's, it's like um, the benefit that you have is that you have a deep connection with your child you create the basis for a deep connection with your child, not because she's mine, but she's a human being and I care for her. You know, I'm her mom. I love her, of course. And it's, it's a very deep connection that we do have. Um, and that's priceless. I don't know. I mean, it's, I wouldn't like, I would do whatever it takes if I know that there is something, a shortcoming, and there's still shortcomings within myself and lower aspects and stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of a never-ending story, you know, but um, but I'm committed to create more and more space because what I, the reality, the experience of, of life that I'm creating for me and my family, we're all creating that together. We all contribute to that is expansive it's an expansive one it's a conscious one it, it feels so good you know so that's it yeah. <laughs> no, there is nothing more but from my perspective that's it it's like this deep connection and this expansion and this everyone is allowed to be you know yeah oh that was such just such like a good way to wrap this up because one of the things you really talked about there was when you became more aware for yourself and became more sure of yourself and became more aware to your childhood experiences, like bullying and stuff like that, you were able to create an environment for your child to not have to deal with that themselves, but rather be fully seen, which created a place of safety, which ultimately goes back to the survey that you put out with those clients that you had that said the thing that they want for their kids is happiness and love. We create that by creating an environment like that. And that happens because the parents create an environment for themselves of where they are more aware. And then going to your share there on dancing and your daughter saying it doesn't uh, embarrass her. The truth of it is it doesn't embarrass her because it doesn't embarrass you. And that's the whole point of this conversation today. today that what we project onto our kids is what they experience. If you aren't if you aren't projecting that you're embarrassed, then your child isn't going to feel embarrassed. And that was such a good example of that. Yes. And it is that way, you know, and if, if you love yourself, your child is going to love her, herself or himself. If you accept yourself, your child is going to accept himself or herself, their self, whatever we want to call it. Um, 
it always starts with us. So it's it's like, yeah, if, if we're trying, like, okay, if you're seeing that, you oftentimes I see, like, parents being very concerned because their children are um, hanging around with people that are not, like, good relationships, you know, like stuff like that and very concerned and stuff like that. And then look into your life. What relationships are you holding on that are not beneficial for you, but you're still hooked in keeping those relationships around you? And how, if you're not loving yourself enough to cut a relationship that is not benefiting you, how seriously can your child listen to you and cut that, those relationships too. I mean, what is the example that you're setting? We want best for our children, but if we don't do best for ourselves first, it's not going to arrive. It's not going to touch them, you know, because it's not an example. It's just from here to the outside, but it's not within, right? Yeah, yeah it's not vibrational. That was so good. Um, one of the things that I, is coming up for me that I do want to uh, explore here, though, because I think this is probably relative to other people. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit older. I don't have kids. And my I have a, a beautiful relationship to my mother who is well fostered in an environment for me to become aware as a child. But what's interesting is um, I moved back to my hometown six years ago after being away. And I didn't realize it until actually really you and I've been doing some work in my own childhood stuff that I started to really recognize how healing this has been for us for the last six years and how divine it is that, you know, in our adulthood, we're together and we get to do this work together. And just listening to you talk, you know, I think some people think I'm too old or my kids are too old or, you know, that time has passed for me, but I don't think that that's true. And I'd love to get your take on that because for me, I'm in it and it's like, we're adults and it's beautiful and we're healing and growing. It's never, it's never too, too late, right? Um, energetically, um, just a picture. Energetically, our parents do have on their energetical field a space with the quality of their children, right? So like with the energy of not all the vibrational field is like that, but there is a spot like where there is this quality, like your mom has a quality of you in her field but you don't have the quality of your mom in your field it's like always the parents to have the ones of the children it doesn't matter how old you are if you do some work um, as a parent (laughs) it will always have uh, an impact kind of right on your children um, and actually, it's not about doing it because of them. Just start doing it because of you, because it feels better for you. You know, it might sound selfish, but we're not even, you know, even many parents, especially mothers, but also fathers a lot in different ways, just think that parenting is sacrifice, right? That's not true. Uh, parenting is about doing the work so that you become the best version of yourself possible right like and scratch best because that's not that's that's not the correct thing it's like the higher self version of yourself that's it it's not about letting go of yourself and just not doing and everything just because of my children and then at a certain point in time you become resentful and things like that so that's not it and it's never too late like for example i was in india you know that um, a couple of weeks ago and I had this exchange with my mom and my mom is 
um, older than I am, for sure, but quite older. So I was like a very late child. <laughs> like she's <laughs> she's eighty nine right now. So she's um, and I was um, exchanging with her about uh, the experience in India and what I had. And there something <laughs> um, something shifted within her too. You know, it's like, it's not only that I have these experiences, but by having these conversations, by sharing with her, not thinking that she's not going to understand that, but just sharing honestly and wholeheartedly what my experiences were, she's benefiting from that. From that. So it's never too late. And if she does something and she exchanges with me, you know, it's always beneficial because we do have meaningful conversations you're not like, oh, how are you doing? What are you doing today? How is the weather? And bye-bye, you know? No, then you have like this meaningful conversation and that's what increases the quality of our lives, isn't it? Like the kind of connection, yeah. the depth of the connection, the quality of the connection that we do have with other people. So it's never too late. You can always do and start small, but it really starts with releasing that you need to sacrifice in order to make someone else happy. Um, you don't make anyone else happy. That's not your responsibility. That's their story. Even that's the story of your children. You're not here to make them happy. You're not here to console them and to give them solace. I mean, of course, if they hurt and hug them and just being there, you know, like kind of that. But that's not our story. The, the way to help them to become happy is by showing them how happiness works. And that starts by creating the happiness within ourselves. That's it. It's as easy as that. Totally. And I love what you said there about how it's, you know, it's, it's never too late. And um, I was thinking when you said we have a bond that's, you know, specific to our mom and, and we have bonds to everybody around us, but yeah, there is a motherly bond. I don't have children specifically, so I don't have that specific connection, but I was thinking, Oh yeah. If it's about our parents evolution, like we, as kids that are here to serve our parents too, it's like, man, I gave some good lessons, you know, like as a kid, you're like, you give your parents such a hard time that you're like, Oh, okay. That was actually for you probably, you know, um, which is funny. I know for me as a kid, it takes the pressure off. It's like, Oh, we're both growing in these moments together. It's not this society belief that my parents are up here in this hierarchy and they know everything. We're both growing in this, uh, divin divinity of a relationship together. That was funny. I was just thinking that, um, you know, and the other thing I was thinking is I'm, I'm an auntie and I take that very seriously. And I find too, like I get so many lessons in that. And so I think anyone listening to this that doesn't have kids yet or, or doesn't have kids at all, there's so many children around you that still offer those moments of growth as if you were in like a parenting capacity. I know I often walk away from those little exchanges with my nieces and nephews and become a better person, you know, become more self-aware in that situation of, oh, weird how I was like projecting that onto them, right? So just for anyone in that, you know, camp, there's lots of growth in, in that exchange as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that um, at the end of the day, all the children are kind of our children in a certain kind of way. That's the way that I approach it. It's like um, feeling, feeling that sense of that it, all the children are our children, you know? Um, totally. Yeah. And it's our responsibility to be the expansion and be the joy that we want them to be and to feel. You know, that's the best way that we can have and actually the, the only one to really guide them to be joyful and happy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was just going through here my notes and just seeing if anything popped out at me. And there was two kind of quotes that are or lines that I wrote here that I think are fascinating. One of them is, uh, you know, our, you were speaking in reference of our job is to truly see our kids for who they actually are, not what we think that they should be. But then a follow on that to how do they, how do we, how do we as parents trust that it's going to be okay? That's that uh, helicopter parenting and trusting that what they're experiencing is, is the right one for them and they will be okay. You know, it really comes down to the synopsis of this is you can only truly see your kid if you can see yourself, which is that level of self-awareness that we're speaking to. And then the other level of how do they trust it will be okay? How do you, how can you trust that it's going to be okay, that your life is going to be okay? You know, I think there's a lot of projection in that for parents. And it's, if that inward conversation is what we're talking about, how can you see yourself more and how can you trust that you're going to be okay? What's coming up for you around that? I mean, I think that we answered the question of how can you see yourself more? How can you trust that you're going to be okay? That's um, that's actually the attitude in which we face life, like in face or actually in, in which we live life. Are we living life as a fight, like as a race, as a competition, as a war, right? Is that the attitude in which we're just facing towards life, like, okay, there are all these difficult situations and perils and dangers and uncertainties, and I need to make everything safe and, you know, like nothing happened. Is that your way of approaching life, right? It's not mine, right? But but I've worked myself through that, right? Um, so it's about also working into um, a sense of, that life is to be experienced, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between, you know, that actually when we enrolled for being here, we enrolled for exactly all of that, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. So there is no point in trying to control everything. Of course, we want to be happy and to feel joyful. And we, if we had to choose between feeling miserable and feeling joyful, of course, we choose to, to be joyful. But it's about having the sense of that that's what I'm here to. I'm here to experience everything in life and that actually the challenging experiences are the ones where I learn the most, right? So that there is always like um, an evolution, there is a growth. And that's exactly also why we're here, like to experience and to grow and to evolve, right? When we can accept that and we can see that for ourselves and it will be easier to see that in the same way for our children because that's the point and that's something that helps me like I know that my daughter will find her way she won't find it she will create it actually (laughs) um and that I won't be able to protect her and save her from having challenging experiences because that's the nature of life right that's the nature of life. Um, and also because there is some awareness that we do have certain tendencies, you know, like karmic things going on that will actually bring us towards certain experiences that are needed just to release certain aspects too. So that actually that's part of the growth. But yeah, it's about um, how are you... Yeah, how are you looking towards life? How are you approaching life? Are you approaching it from a point of it's a war, it's a dangerous place, it's like, ooh, 
or it's like an adventure, it's an experience that I'm here and I'm here to experience it fully. And the thing that is going to help you to shift from being it something dangerous and that you need to protect yourself, right? Or being like, okay, this is an adventure, it's I'm open, I'm willing to live fully and experience life fully is to do the inner work. It's exactly what we have mentioned <laughs> during the podcast is really being aware of what are the stories, the restrictions that you're carrying with you, like looking, seeing and realizing that you have a backpack, opening it, right? And seeing, is this something that you want to carry with you or not, right? And ultimately you can choose consciously if you want to carry it or not, right? Because when you don't walk with that weight on your shoulders of this is dangerous, this is this, this is that, of course, you will face and approach life in a different manner, much more light, much more trustful, much more joyful, right? So there is an impact. It's a very simplistic set, but there is definitely an impact in doing that kind of inner work that it will um, turn towards a much more appreciative and positive um, way of approaching life. Yeah, what a beautiful way to end this conversation today, you know, just in the sense of life is meant to be lived and experienced and checking in on self and, you know, are you in that fear base and everything is scary. Um, and how is that showing up as a parent for your kids as well? That was such a powerful ending. I always appreciate our time together and uh, your insights on this aspect have helped me so much in life. And I know that they've helped the people that are listening to this podcast as well. And I'm super excited to continue to bring this conversation to the spiritual room, specifically uh, through you, Veronica. Ending on this last thing, just really quick in a quick sentence, what would you say to any parent who um, is feeling a lot of shame, but they know that this is the right thing that they need to look at? They know they need to look at their inner self and they need to and look at the conscious parenting conversation and what that looks like, but they're living in a lot of shame. What would you say to them, to someone that might show up to this for themselves? If you would know that your child is full of shame and is not, it, it's actually restricting himself or herself to do that, which ultimately they love the most and that they desire the most and to be happy just because of shame. What would you tell them? Yeah, that was powerful. And then, and then you got the answer, you know, yeah. do it first for yourself. It's like, otherwise we're preaching, you know, that's not working. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Duality at its finest, right? What would you, what would you say to your kid? Now you go do that for yourself. Yes. Right. We are always our best teachers. Isn't that the truth? I love this, Veronica. I'm so grateful that we got our, this time and space together. And I know that we'll be back. So thank you for being here today on the spiritual show podcast with me. Thank you so, so much for having me. And I'm loving always the conversations with you, Daniel. Thank you so much for this space. Thank you. Thank you. All right, my friend, that's it. That is a wrap. That is what we have for this two-part series with Veronica on Conscious Parenting. And we would love to see you join us in that free masterclass on Wednesday, March 15th. We do have spots still available. So click that link in the show notes or in the description box to grab your spot. As mentioned, this is a free masterclass and the replay will be available for 24 hours after that. If you would like to continue this conversation with us here on The Spiritual Show, then join us in the Spiritual Room community on Facebook, where we are consistently expanding what you know to be true in this arena of spirituality. And we would love to know what came up for you guys in today's conversation. So join us in the Facebook community, share what's coming up for you, and we will see you wherever we see you. Have an absolute fantastic day wherever you are in the world, and we'll see you in another episode. Namaste. Peace and love. 
Thanks for joining us for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at thespiritualroom.co and on the blog at www.thespiritualroom.blog. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.